Welcome to this message in the Biblical Worldview series. This is a series of messages for Christians. A 2020 Barna poll showed that only 6% of people who call themselves Christians have a worldview that is aligned with the Word of God. That means that 94% of Christians have a view of the world that is more like the world than it is like Jesus. In Revelation 3, Jesus warned us this would happen, that the church would be lukewarm. He also said in that chapter that he would spew that church out of his mouth. He is disgusted by it. This series is for people who don't want to be lukewarm. This series will challenge you to examine what you believe. Keep an open mind and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal God's truth to you in these messages. If you sense that your view of the world is out of alignment with God's word, ask the Holy Spirit to help you change. In Matthew 7, Jesus said there are two paths that we can walk in this life. One leads to life, the other leads to destruction. A biblical worldview is the only one that leads to life and the abundant life that Jesus promised. If you have any questions about anything you hear in this message, let me know. So grab your Bible and let's see what God has to say to us today. June 24th, 2022. The most significant and important decision from the Supreme Court in our lifetime. I, you know, obviously it's not going to make a huge difference in California right away. Maybe someday. But yeah, we need to keep praying. We need to keep reaching out. But on Thursday, the, 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 the vulnerable at least received a little bit, a little bit more protection, and we know, we have no idea how many hundreds of thousands of lives will be saved as a result of that. So we say, I say, praise God, and uh, and we need to keep praying because uh, there's more work to be done there. So welcome, we are here um, today. We're going to continue our biblical worldview series. We do this once a month. Because as we, as we have uh, seen in our culture a shift away from a biblical worldview to a secular worldview, a worldly worldview. And it's important that we understand what the Bible says on some of these topics that the culture you know, is talking about as though these things are true and right when in fact they aren't. And today we come to what may be one of the most contentious issues of our day. And it's summarized by a question. What is a woman? Now, I grew up, and from a very young age, I knew the answer to that question, right? And most of us can say the same thing. That we just, okay, that there was no question. It was simple, it was easy. And until just recently, most of the culture could have given some answer that was at least close to a correct answer to that question. And, and there is a correct answer to that question. Yes. Though, if you ask our culture, 
they don't know. They're confused. I don't know if, you've, if, you, if you're aware of this. There's an organization called Daily Wire, and they produced a movie called What is a Woman? I highly encourage it. If you want to understand better how the world views this topic, that's a great, great resource. You have to subscribe to get it. So I'm, I'm not promoting it, though I could if I wanted to, because it's a good organization. But something has changed in our culture, and it, and it, and it has caused many people to struggle to answer that what for many of us seems like such an, a simple and obvious question. And if you do get them to at least try to answer the question, very often they'll answer it with something like, a woman is someone who feels like, looks like, or believes they are a woman. What's wrong with that answer? It's a circular answer. It would be like if somebody came and, and, and pointed at this object right here, right? You can, you can all see this if you're watching online, you can see it. If you're listening, I'm, 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 I'm referring to the pulpit. And, and they said, well, what is that? Well, I, well, that is an object that looks like this. Have I answered the question? No, but that's what their answer is. If you tell me a woman who's someone who looks like a woman, that's not actually an answer. It doesn't tell me what a woman is. It's a circular argument. And if I want to answer your question, I need to describe its construction, its purpose, its specific characteristics. That's how I'll help you to understand it. If I was communicating to you and you couldn't see what I was doing, I would have to describe shape and size and all these different things I'd have to say to you so you understood what I was referring to. Now, the world may struggle to, to put together a coherent answer to this question, what is a woman, but the church shouldn't. It should be very simple to us because the Bible has made it very clear to us. And so we need to know what the Bible says because we're going to be confronted by a culture that has a different way of viewing these things, and we need to know how to talk to them. Now, I'm not going to be able to answer all of those questions, but I want to point us in a direction. I'm going to start with the definition, what the definition, a definition, not the definition, a definition of what a woman is, and you can come up with your own. Well, no, don't. Don't come up with your own. Come up with one that kind of relates to what we're talking about here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to then look at why we care about this, and then I'm going to talk briefly about how to relate to a world that sees things differently. But let's, let's pray, and then we'll begin. Heavenly Father, we do come to you thanking you for this opportunity. And Lord, we are bombarded regularly, just all the time with images and messages and, and noise about this topic. And Lord, it, is, it, is, it breaks my heart because I know, I know the lostness and the desperation and the hopelessness of that, of that worldview. And I know that you have so much more for us than that. And so I pray, if there's anyone here that may be struggling with this particular topic or somebody watching online or may watch elsewhere, Lord, this is going to go onto the internet, Lord. Maybe, maybe somebody will watch it that needs to hear these words. I pray, Lord, that they would hear one thing more than anything else, that, that God loves them. 
that he created them to be objects of his love. And he has a life that he's created for them that is good. But there is a, a right way to live that life. And very often our culture is telling us the wrong way. And it cannot lead to good. It cannot lead to life. It leads to something else. And so I pray, Lord, that you'd open our hearts to hear your word today, that we might be able to understand better what this world is doing and why it's doing it, but also why we need to stand our ground, stand on the truth. But we need to do it the right way. And so I pray, Lord, minister to our hearts your truth, Lord, as we, as we go through this time. And I just want to say thank you, Lord God, for that Supreme Court decision, Lord. It just, it just I can't, I can't, express my words of, of thanksgiving and rejoicing over the hope of, of saving hundreds of thousands of lives, innocent lives. And Lord, I know that's going to create pain and suffering. It's going to create um, confusion and problems for some. Lord, that's, that's where the church needs to step up and step in and encourage those who are struggling, Lord God. We need to be the voice of hope and peace and grace and mercy and love. So help us to do that, Lord. And we lift up this day to you in Jesus' name, amen. So let's begin with a definition. Definition I've just thrown, I just threw this together. Definition of a woman is a human of the gender that is capable of bearing young who has reached physical and mental maturity. Now you could play around with that and maybe tweak that a little bit, but the general idea is that a female you know, a, 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 and we could use the word genetic female if you want, but the Bible says very clearly that there are two genders, and we're going to get into that. So turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 10, Mark 10, and we're going to look at a text that has as its context a conversation that Jesus has with some around the idea of marriage, but it's not a there's, there's something at the end of this text that I, I want to get to, but it's the context that we're looking at. Now, this debate over the answer to this question is centered around the rise of transgenderism in our culture. Now, transgenderism is, that, is, the, is the belief that you can change from, you can, you can, you can um, be transitioned from one gender to another, male or female. Now, I'm gonna focus on the, uh, the woman in this context, but it goes both ways. So understand that this could be, this could, we, could add, we could reverse this and say, what is a man? And, and have a similar conversation, but I'm gonna focus on the, the female side of that. This debate seems to have really you know, just taken up some energy with, the, um, with Bruce Jenner when he, declared in 2015 that he was a woman trapped in a man's body and that he was in the process of transitioning, air quotes for those of you who are listening to this, transitioning to being a woman. The following year, Bruce Jenner was the first man named Woman of the Year by Glamour magazine. And it has just gone just crazy ever since. It has gone absolutely mainstream, and, it, and it's almost like this has to be the main thing we're talking about in the culture. It, just, it is just everywhere. Transitioning, this idea of transitioning involves, if, if you're not familiar with it, it, it involves multiple surgeries and, and, and intense 
hormone and drug therapies that, that you have to be on for the rest of your life. And the long-term exposure to these chemicals and to these drugs, they're not even absolutely certain what the long-term effects are going to be, though they, they have seen increases in cancer, bone disease, and all sorts of other diseases as a result of this. It's not healthy for people to do those things to their body. But even if Bruce Jenner does all of that, is he a woman? Is he a woman? If he looks like one, talks like one, changes his name to be one, is he a woman? Can a man change from a man to a woman? We're in Mark chapter 10. Some Pharisees come to Jesus to talk to him about marriage. And they, they wanted to know if there were any conditions under which it would be okay to divorce. They, that's, they were looking for a loophole. And, and ultimately, they, they were there to test Jesus, to, to get him to you know, trap him, to say something that would get him in trouble. But let's pick it up here in, in chapter 10, verse 2. You'll understand why I'm doing this once we get to the end of that. Second, verse 2 says this, The Pharisees came, asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, testing him? Meaning they're, they're trying to trap him. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. And Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and Female. So Jesus goes all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1 and, and says God made them male and female. He created humans with two genders. Interestingly, not just humans, right? All of creation is bound up in two genders. Now, there's a few aberrations to all of that, but for the most part, 99.9% .9 of all living creatures are male and female. You know, when the ark was populated, what creatures, what, 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 did, what, was, what was the prerequisite to get on the, on the ark? One male and one female. Hmm. It's like it was a plan. Bruce Jenner would have us to believe that God made a mistake with him. God made a mistake. You know, I was born a man, but that's, that's not what I am. God, you made a mistake. Does God do that? Does God make mistakes? Over and over, we're told in the Bible, God is perfect. What does that mean? What does it mean if something is perfect? There's no error. There's no mistake. There's no flaws. Deuteronomy 32, 4. He the Lord, is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, means they are right, perfect. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. God doesn't make mistakes. You know, and sometimes we look at our, something in our life, we look at whatever, you know, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too this, I'm too that. You know, I should have been this, I should have been that. Uh, no, that's what God made you. Why? I don't know. Ask him. <laughs> He's the one who did it. Ask him. Why is my hair so thin? Why can't I have a big, thick, full head of hair like Rick back there? Like the other Rick. Because 
The next verse tells us where imperfection comes from. In verse five of Deuteronomy 32, it says this, they have corrupted themselves. They are not as children because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. The problem with our culture, and it all comes down to this, the problem, the reason why all of these things are happening in our culture is because they do not have God. Because God is missing. If you take God out of the equation, you take him out of the culture, you take him out of your life, then, then all that's left is crooked and perverse. That's all that's left. So why are they doing these things? No God. Or they've replaced God. Transgenderism, who's God in transgenderism? Self is God. Self is God. At the moment of conception, the moment of conception, gender is established. I don't know if you knew that. The moment of conception. Either male or female, and it never changes. From that moment, the, very, the, next, the next division of cells, you have two cells, and they're both male or female. Never mixed, never changing. It's always the same, will always be the same. No matter what you do to your body, no matter what chemicals you pour into your body, no matter what surgeries you do to your body, your cells will always say the same thing. But whatever you were at conception, that's what you are today not based on some fluke of biology or random chance. Who decides if you're male or female? God does. God ordains at that moment. And I believe he does it even before conception. In Psalm 139, verse 13 says this, for you formed my inward parts. He's speaking, this is the psalmist speaking to the Lord. You covered me in my mother's womb, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My fr frame was hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. Before you were formed, God saw you. Before you were conceived, God saw you. Before you were conceived, he knew you. And what gender did he know you as? Whatever one you have right now. He knew that. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Before there was a single day of your life, before, before the moment of conception, every day of your life was already preordained. Written down in a book. We could get really tangled up in that conversation. That's for another message. Jesus continues here in verse 7 of Mark 10. <clears throat> For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. God made them male and female, and then he puts them together in the intimate relationship we know as marriage. That's next for the Supreme Court. I'm sorry, did I, did I didn't say that out loud, did I? <clears throat> When God puts two people together, it's another act of divine creative power. It's God doing something that is absolutely miraculous, taking two and making one. 
It's a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a miracle. And he's looking for fruit. Now, again, this is not a marriage study, so don't get all hung up on this, but Malachi 2, 14 and 15, yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth with whom you have dealt treacherously, yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant, but he did not make them one, having a remnant of the spirit, and why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. God desires biological children through this one relationship. Not just biological, but spiritual children. He expects us as spiritual people to produce spiritual children. That mean, that's what we do here. That's, what we're, that's part of the purpose of, of us gathering together and ministering one to another is to produce spiritual children outside of our biological families. The next verse is the one I really wanted to get to here. In verse nine, it says, therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Literally, do not try to separate two people God has put together in marriage. That's literally what he's saying there. If God has put two people together in marriage, stay out of the way. Don't mess with it. Stay out of it. But there's a broader concept here for us to consider and that is, do not try to change or undo what God has done. If God has done something, don't change it. Don't mess with it. Leave it alone. Because when God does something, what is, how good is it? It's really good. It's like, it's like what we might even call perfect, right? I mean, if God does it, is it not perfect? Even though from a human perspective, we may, we may qualify it, we may put some other word on it, but in God's eyes, it's perfect. So when God made them male and female, why did he do that? Because that's what he wanted to do. The males he made, he made because he wanted them to be male. The females he made, he made them female because that's what he wanted. Why should we care about these things? Why should we care what those people do? Well, there's a lot of reasons why we should care. First, it is disordered and wrong. It is disordered and wrong. God established the universe. He created the universe. He established the laws by which this universe operates. And it is an, a universe of order. He created things to operate a certain way, and when things are operating that way, it is good, even very good. But then, if you, if you insert disorder into that system, what do you get? Disorder. You get chaos. You get confusion. In a society, if a society is disordered, then all it's gonna produce is chaos and confusion and conflict, division. I mean, can we look around our culture and see peace and, and, and people, you know, living together and, and kumbaya, you know, celebrations around the campfire? No. People are angry. People are, are you know, are, are losing their brains right now. <laughs> scary. I mean, it's scary. So much, though, that as the church, we said, okay, we better keep our eyes open. Who knows? 
you know, it, the fact that we live in California, they may leave us alone. But, I, you know, we're, we're a little vocal about our beliefs here. Who knows what people might do? Be careful. God makes it clear that there is only one way to a good life, and that is God's way. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you, excuse me, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Do you see what he's saying there? You get to choose the kind of life that you live. You want to live a good life? You want to live the right life? You want to live a life of blessing? You want to, or do you want to live a life of death and cursing? I mean, how many people would volunteer for a life of death and cursing, right? If you do, then you need to go talk to Kevin because you're messed up. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Catch that. He's saying, he's saying to them, those that are listening to him, choose life because it's going to have an impact upon your descendants that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. We understand something, that God has made a way. He created a system. He created the rules. If we follow the rules, it is the, it is the way to life, the way to blessing, the way to goodness, the way to grace and mercy and hope and peace and joy and all the things that we want in life, they're all found by following God's path. Choose any other path, you're choosing the opposite of life and blessing. You're choosing death and cursing. And, and, and those who are following in, these, in these, these aberrant lifestyles, that's what they've chosen. And, and many times they have no clue that's what they're doing. They have no idea that the path that they are following is leading to death, destruction, chaos, confusion, and misery. Not just for them, but for everyone around them. If you've learned anything from looking at the life of Israel, you'll see that when the, when the leaders of Israel rebelled against God, it wasn't just the rebels who suffered. Everyone did. And that's what we see in our culture. We see as our, as our leaders are following a wrong path, the consequences are being felt by everyone. We need to care because disorder will produce more disorder. And the only way that we can, that we can hope to see a life, you know, that the good life, the, the life and blessing is to get on the right track. And if the rest of the world won't do it, we've got to do it. We've got to stay on the path as best we can. The second reason we care is because wickedness is never satisfied, never satisfied. The transgenderism, the, 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 when Bruce Jenner said he was a woman trapped in a man's body, it's referred to as gender dysphoria and was considered a mental disorder until last week. It's when somebody feels like the gender that God gave them is <clears throat> is different than the one they actually are. Did you know that there are other dysphorias? Did you know that species dysphoria is on the rise? Did you know that? That is when you believe that your body is actually different 
than the body that it ought to be, that you actually are a cat trapped in a human body. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. There are, there are kids going to school, meowing and purring because they believe they're cats. And the teachers won't do anything about it because they can't. They can't. It's disordered. And, and it's not just children, it's adults. If you get on there and look, look up species dysphoria, it's bizarre. People think they're wolves or dragons or cockroaches. I don't know, maybe not cockroaches. I mean, we shouldn't even make fun of them. It's tragic. It, it is so disordered. But, you know, most of you hadn't even heard of that yet, had you? Well, hang on, there's more coming. You know, there's a guy that's having an intimate relationship with his car. An intimate relationship with his car. That's messed up, right? I mean, would we acknowledge it's messed up? The culture is celebrating him. I mean, most of them think he's a little weird too, but there are people say, oh yeah, you, you, you just gotta be yourself, man. It's broken, it's messed up. The reality is we have an enemy. John 10.10 10 tells us, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Another name for the thief is the devil. The devil is busy messing with people's brains. He's messing with the culture. He's influencing the culture. He is real, and he hates us. Who does he hate? Anyone made in the image of God. You know who that is? Every human on earth. He hates them. Even the ones who worship him. He hates them, all of them. Because he hates God. When evil is tolerated, when evil is rejoiced, when evil is paraded, all it does is spread. It gets worse and worse and worse, more and more depraved, more and more wicked, more and more just grotesque. And it's not, not just in individuals. This is true in governments. It's true in, in um, the culture, the world, your marriage, your life. If, if you allow evil to, to persist in any place, if you tolerate evil, it's just gonna spread. That's what it does. It's a cancer. You don't let's let cancer, oh, I've got cancer. I'm just gonna let it, you know, I'm gonna leave it alone and maybe it'll leave me alone. Is that true? No. It will consume you. And if we continue to tolerate this evil in our culture, it will consume us. The third reason we care they want our children. This one ought to make us sick. The people who are promoting these disordered sexual ideologies, including transgenderism, want to educate children on these things as early as possible. They, they're, they're bold about it. They're saying, we've got, we've got to get them, we've got to teach them these things as soon as possible as early as we possibly can. And they want to do it in such a way, they want to make it so that you parents don't have a choice, don't have a voice. And, and, and if, you, if you look at it from their perspective, it makes perfect sense. 
because they believe these things are true. They believe these things are right. They believe this is how life ought to be. But it's disordered. We have seen, if you look at the statistics, they are absolutely staggering. The rise of transgenderism in small children has skyrocketed. When? When teachers started talking about it. Imagine that. We know, we know this is going on. We know it's true because of the uproar over that Florida law that banned that kind of indoctrination and grooming in kindergarten to third grade. They went out, they went crazy, crying out, you know, how, what a horrible thing this law was. If they weren't trying to do it, they wouldn't have said a word. They wouldn't have cared. These groups are encouraging preteens to poison their bodies with puberty blockers. It's poison. It's literally poison. And they're saying, yeah, go ahead. You should do that. If you think maybe you, you might be in the wrong body, then you should start poisoning your body with these things. And as soon as possible, you need to start mutilating your body to change yourself. It is wicked, evil. And we cannot sugarcoat it. We cannot say, oh, you know, it's just what they want to do. No, it is wrong. If we care, we need to do something about it. Should we care? Well, yeah. You know why? Because God cares. When he made those precious little girls and boys what they were, he made them that way on purpose. He made them that way because that's what he wanted, because that's how he wanted to bless them. That was the life that he wanted to live so they could experience him. They could know him. They could walk with him in the, in the way that he made them. If we start letting them decide what they want to be, you know, because, I mean, come on, if you've ever raised a child, you know, they change what they want to be about once every three or four hours sometimes, it's not right. What is a woman? A human of the gender that is capable of bearing young who has reached physical and mental maturity. I've got a seven-year-old granddaughter. She is not a woman. She's a girl. Someday she'll be a woman, but today she's not. She's a girl. My grandson, he's four. He's a boy. Someday he'll be a man. Here are some of the ways that God views women. First, she is God's creation. God made her. God's creation is good. And when he made them male and female, what did he say? Not just good, very good, very good. He didn't say, oh, it'll be very good once they figure out what they are. You know, once, once they've gone through some process of identifying, you know, what they really are and, and, they, and they find themselves and they, you know, they, no. And the moment he created them, he's, that's very good. And God is wonderfully diverse in his creation. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how many different varieties of women there are? It's amazing to me. There are different sizes, there are different shapes, there's different colors, there's different hairs and different everything. I think it's amazing. I think it's glorious. 
and he made them different than men. Somebody say, hallelujah, they're different. There's aspects of it that I really rejoice in the fact that they're different. Doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make men better that they're different. You know, he's given, he, men tend to have an advantage when it comes to physical things, typically. And, and, but that doesn't make them better, just different. To me, that, that was made, well, I, I've always known this, so this is not something I had to be taught. Um, you know, but we saw it just recently when, when Leah, Thomas, you know, a, a big hulking dude who claims to be a woman crushed every woman in that swim meet. Well, yeah, because he's a dude. The, I don't know if you know this or not, but FINA, the International Swimming um, governing body just ruled, just banned men from swimming in women's events. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, some of these things make perfect sense to me. Men should not swim and, you know, compete against women in women's events, right? Does that, does that not make sense? But he believes that he's a woman, but he's not a woman. Second, She's a helpmeet to a man. God made men and women to complement one another. They go together. They're meant to. They're meant to have differences that complement one another. God did it purposely like that. He made them that way. And they are equal in value and importance. They just have different roles. Now, our culture hates that. It hates it when guys like me stand up and say that God made men and women different and he gave men and women different roles. Not because men are better than women or women are better than men. He just, he just did it that way. And because he's God, he, makes, he gets to make the rules. And so the roles are, are what they are. And if we want to live the life that leads to blessing, we're gonna try to, you know, follow those rules and align ourselves to those roles. Third, she is a mother to children. No man, no matter what he does to his body, is ever gonna bear a child naturally. Now, science will some, figure out some weird way of doing something like it. I don't know how it's gonna work. Don't care, don't wanna know. But that's her job. That's one of her roles. And we should rejoice in that. We should, we should, we should just marvel in that. We, uh, one, of our, one of the people, some of you know, Izzy, um, she's big. She's, she's close. I don't know, how, how close is she? Do you know? Two months. Oh, two months. Okay, so she's got a ways to go. Poor thing. She's in that, she's in that period where it's not so easy. But we rejoice in that. I'll tell you, one. my wife was never more beautiful, well, a couple of times, but when she was pregnant. Gosh, I loved it when she was pregnant. I wanted to do it like eight or more times, but for some reason she thought three was enough. I still forgive her. Fourth, she is a daughter of God. As a, as a child of God, as a daughter of God, she has immense value. 
men attempting to be women diminish the value of women and dishonor God. To to try to be something you're not is saying to God, you're not that smart, God. I'm I'm smarter than you. I'm more important than you. I will decide what I am. that That is dishonoring to both God and women. Fifth, she is a servant of God. Now that doesn't make her unique. All of us are meant to be servants. I believe every human being was created to serve God. It's just part of what makes her awesome. Sixth, she is part of the body of Christ. Just as the human body was created, you know, look at your body. Are there not different parts? Don't, don't study yourself too closely right now. But, you know, we're made of different parts, and all of them fit together. All of them have a purpose. All of them, all of them serve a function. But they're different. You know, they're different parts. Women and men all have a place in Christ's body. Different places in some cases. But if you try to change one of those parts, it no longer helps the body. Imagine if an arm decided, you know what? I don't want to be an arm anymore. I want to be a leg. I want to be a leg. And it goes through some process and tries to make itself a leg. Is it useful to the body anymore? No, it would look ridiculous. Somebody say that would look ridiculous. Somebody, come on, that would be ridiculous. Women, ladies, you are precious in the sight of God. Precious. Exactly the way he made you. Exactly the way he made you. Even if you don't like the way he made you. He does. He likes you just as you are because he made you that way on purpose. I don't like that. Tough. Take it up with him. Men, treasure the women in your life. Treasure the girls in your life. Treasure them. They are precious to God. And that means we need to love them exactly the way they are. And we need to encourage them to live the way God made them. And for, for those of you who are parents, you know, that's hard sometimes because sometimes, especially in this culture, they're gonna be influenced along a different path. And we need to try to help them to see, no, this is how God made you. And when he did it, he did it perfectly. Help them to flourish in the way that God made them. Women are awesome. I think women are so cool. I, I, I love having them around my life. Some of them. Some of them are a little bit I have to watch out for. No, all of them. They are a gift from God. And we need to treasure them. We need to, we need to relish in them. We need to rejoice in them. Not, not diminish them by suggesting, oh, a man could do that. A man could do that. No, we can't. Most of the world, and this is the thing that, that just amazes me, with all of the emphasis on women's lib and all of that stuff, feminism and all of that, transgenderism is, is an attack on all of that. And it's just like they don't even notice. 
No, I don't believe in all that stuff either. But they have so become so confused by the lies of the enemy that they have lost sight of just how precious and amazing it is to be a woman. Now, I've never been one, don't know what it feels like, don't know anything about it. I, all, of my, all of my experience is vicarious, and I'm gonna keep it that way. But it's amazing. So what do we do? What do we do with all of that? How do we respond to all of this nonsense we see going on around us? First, stand on the truth. There is a truth, and we need to know it, and we need to believe it, and we need to say it. They may not know what a woman is, but you do. You do. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 says this, but we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in crafty and cunning, cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's what's going on in our culture. Culture The devil is lying to the culture. The culture is believing the lies and they are trying to create this environment of lies. And we've got to not be tossed to and fro by by Facebook and TikTok and all these other influences out there trying to convince us that what we believe is wrong. There is a truth and we need to stand on it. We need to believe it. We need to talk about it. We need to be willing to tell people, nope, that's not right. Tell people the truth. A man cannot be a woman. Now, here's the reality of that. They aren't going to listen to you. You know why? Because you're gonna try to talk to them logically, and it's not a logical conversation. It is all emotion, all feelings. I feel like X, Y, or Z. Like, not, not just two genders. There's, I don't know, what's the, what's the recent number? 85 or 87 or something like that? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a this, that, or other thing, and, and I use these pronouns and this, that, or... It's just so confusing. Even you listen to these people, even they sound confused when they're describing what they are. You can't, you can't argue them out of that but they need to hear the truth. They need to hear the truth. They need to hear that, you know, no, that, that's actually not possible. You cannot be a woman. No matter what you do to your body, no matter what you, how you act, no matter what you get other people to say about you, you'll never actually be a woman. And God didn't make you that way. He made you to be something different. Second thing, first, tell them the truth. Second thing, accept the person. Accept the person. Every human, every last one, even the ones that are the most far away from God were made, created by God to be the objects of his love, to be recipients of his grace. They were made to carry his image out into the world. They were created for the purpose of good works and bringing glory to him. They were created for that purpose. Now, they may be far away from that, but that's still what they were there, what they're created for. And 
doesn't matter how far they get from God, the Bible tells me that they can get back to that. They can get back to that place where they are living that, they're choosing life and blessing rather than death and cursing. And they do that through faith in Jesus Christ. We need to accept the person for what God made them to be, but we cannot normalize their sin. We can't say it's okay. I love you, I accept you, but I cannot normalize this. I cannot say that this is okay. That's hard. That's really hard if that person lives in your home or goes to your school or sits next to you at the, at the office or whatever other relationships you have. That's hard. But I have to know I accept you, but I cannot, I cannot say that this is normal because the Bible says something different. God says something different. God would tell us to be people of courage. Be willing to tell someone the truth. Now, you've got to be smart about that. You need to be wise about that. You need to be kind. You need to be gentle. You need to be loving and all of those things. You need to be like Christ while you're doing that, but we need to have the courage to tell the truth, accept the person, but we cannot, cannot, cannot normalize the behavior because God doesn't love it. God doesn't like it. He doesn't accept it because it leads them to death. It leads them to cursing. And, and if you love God, then you should love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates. That means we don't like it when people are headed toward destruction. It bothers us. It should bother us. Third, love them in the name of Christ. Gosh, how hard is it to love someone who has chosen to live a life far from God. Now, it doesn't, not just on this topic. Pick any topic where someone has chosen a life, you know, drugs and alcohol or, or whatever rebellion, whatever, whatever thing they've chosen to do that takes them away from God, leads them far from God, it's hard to love them. It's easy to love people like us. I mean, we turn around, we love everybody in this place. Well, most of them. We can love most of these people. We can love these people. Why? Because they're like us. They, they, they think the same way. They act the same way. We're, we're kind of all going in the same basic direction. We can, okay, that's easy. But it's hard when that person is out there and you have to chase after them. Or they're, they're, they're causing, you know, disorder in your life because of their disorder. That's hard. But we're still called to love them. How much? Here's Jesus speaking in Matthew 5, verse 44 and 45. I say to you, love your enemies. Not just the people who, you know, are just doing weird stuff, but love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. If we're called to love our enemies, how much should we love those that are close to us, even though they're far away from God? He wants us to love. 
He wants to love people who are living disordered lives. That's not easy. They're probably blind to the path that the devil is leading them on. They're probably not evil people. They're probably just deceived. I mean, we're living in a culture that is just fabricating lies and deceptions at every level. And they're pushing it down into the, our schools, teaching our youngest, our youngest children these disordered lives, lifestyles. We should pity them and then be a light to them, to lead them to Jesus. That's what they need. Stand on the truth, accept them, do not normalize their sins or behaviors, and love them. Women are amazing creatures of God. And I'm blessed to have so many in my life. And we ought to cherish and relish them. And we ought to, we ought to fight for them. Amen? Amen? Heavenly Father, we come thanking you for this day. And Lord, I, do want to, I just want to say thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you made us the way that you did. And while every one of us can probably look at something in our lives and say, you know what, I wish this was different. I, I, God, why did, you, why did you do this in my life? Reality is, is there may never be answers to those questions. But we are what we are. And Lord, you made us this way for a reason. And we need to own that. We need to accept that. We need to be okay with that. And if we're not, Lord, we probably need help getting okay with it. But I pray, Lord, for all those around us who either they're struggling with this or they're connected to people who are struggling with it or they're just allowing the culture to influence the way they think about these things. Lord, I pray, Lord, that for us, Lord, as your people, as God's people, that we would rest in the truth that you made us male and female and you did it on purpose. And so I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be a people of light, a people of love, a people of grace, a people of forgiveness, a people of love, that we would go out into this world as light into the darkness and that those who are convinced that the dark is light, that our light would help them to see differently. And Lord, you may, we may have a hard time fighting against a culture that is so deeply ingrained in the lie. But Lord, it just takes one little tiny light in the darkness to help others to see. And so I pray, let us be that. Lord, that we as a church would accept everyone and that we would tell them the truth, that we would not normalize Lord, those things that your word tells us are wrong. And that, Lord, we would do everything in our power to love. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy. I thank you again for those women in our lives. And I thank you for the men as well, Lord God, that, that, we, are, that we are equal in your sight and that you have a plan and a purpose for all of us. But, Lord, as I look around our culture, I see, I see women being diminished and dishonored by this, this movement 
that is just wicked. And so I pray, God, that you would help us to stand against the darkness, but to do it in such a way that we show the rest of the world how good and gracious and awesome you are. We praise you and love you, and we lift up this day thanking you in the name of your Son and for his glory. We pray this. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. If you have questions, I don't know if I have answers, but I can try. God bless you. Have a radical week. Thank you for joining us as we all seek to align our worldview with God's word. If you have any questions on anything you heard in this message, let us know. You can go to calvaryfv.com slash worldview. There you'll find a place to send us your comments or questions. You'll also find other messages in this series. You can also go to calvaryfv.com slash connect to find all the ways that you can connect with us. As Christians, we are all connected in Christ. One of the ways that we'd like to engage with you is in the area of prayer. Please let us know if there's any way we can be praying for you. You can send us an email to prayer at calvaryfv.com or text the word pray to 951-419-5396. If this material has been useful to you, please leave a comment or review and subscribe to this channel so that you don't miss other things that we publish. Also, please pray that God would use these messages to help others find hope in Jesus Christ. You can also partner with us financially by going to calvaryfv.com give or text the word give to 951-419-5396. Until next time, go be radical with Jesus.